Hello and welcome to Interval, the Norwich Theatre Royal podcast. Today, we've got something a little bit different for you. We visited the London Coliseum to attend the launch event of On Your Feet, hosted by Jamie Theakston. Q&A panellists included Gloria Estefan and Christy Prades, the actress taking on the role of Gloria in the West End production. Let us know what you think and whether you want to hear more sessions like this in the future. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Acast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The next episode will be released on Friday the 19th of July. But for now, enjoy the On Your Feet Q&A. Thank you very much, thank you. Oh, this is cosy. Hi. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, thanks to Jamie and thank you all for coming along uh, to the Coliseum uh, this morning. Uh, I guess you could argue that it's one of the most iconic venues uh, here in London and this place uh, really is going to be lifting this summer when, when On Your Feet arrives. Uh, I'm just going to tell you a little bit more about the show. Uh, it's an inspiring true love story. Uh, of Emilio and Gloria Estefan. It charts their journey uh, from their origins in Cuba onto the streets of Miami and finally to international superstardom uh, featuring some of the most iconic songs of the era. Rhythm is going to get you, conga, get on your feet, anything for you, everlasting love, uh, turn the beat around uh, and many, many more uh, as well. Uh, now it's time to introduce our special guest. So will you please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome Gloria Estefan. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Am I supposed to be here or there? Ah, you can go, wherever you like, wherever Sorry. you feel, feel most comfortable. Gloria, thank you so much for coming along today. Oh, it's a, far it's away a, from it's you. A real, it's a real pleasure. I'm sorry about the weather. That's a proper English <laughs> weather for you that we sorted out for you. I like it. It's been sunny every other time, so I could use a little drizzle. Now, how was the, how was the Olivia Awards? We saw you there the other day. Was that fun? Exciting. I was sitting right in front of Sir Ian McLean. Oh, my God. It was, it was amazing. Sally Field that I love and adore. No, it was really exciting. It was, and funny enough, I had gone to Come From Away the night before and had been backstage with all of them. And I told them, you know, I'm giving the award for Best New Musical, so I would love to read your name out, but if I don't, don't blame me, please. I'm not, I don't want to be bad luck. So, of course, when I opened the envelope and I saw them, I got this smile and I want to say something so they hear it before anybody else. And I said, you know, uh, I was at the show last night, and then, ah, they went crazy. It was really exciting. Uh, and we saw pictures of you as well with um, Camilla, Duchess. Of, we were backstage. Yeah. Yeah. It must be difficult for someone like her. When they meet you, do they curtsy, or do they... <laughs> how, how, does, how does that work? Does that... Well, you know, they, they give you that whole spiel about you're not supposed to approach the royal, or, you know, and you're supposed to curtsy. But she was very kind. She came right up to me. She said she was a big fan. Uh, shook my hand because I wasn't going to put my hand out first, <laughs> and uh, she was lovely. It was she gave the award right after, right after mine. So, so here's what we're going to do: we're going to have a we're going to have a bit of a chat, and then we'll we'll take some questions from the guys uh, here. But before we do, I know there's someone that you wanted to introduce this morning. There is someone very special, um, you know, coming to London. By the way, the the British cast is phenomenal. 
Uh, we want to make sure, though, that you get the Cuban Miami girl vibe. And uh, our star of our show has been in the show over three years. She, she played on Broadway, and she's been leading our national company. They actually are going to finish the tour this weekend in Texas. So she just flew in uh, yesterday, uh, I mean, for the Olivier's, and has been up the entire time, poor thing with jet lag, and then has to fly home and do the show that night. I don't know how uh, performers do it ever since I've been involved uh, on Broadway and getting involved with musical theater. I have nothing but respect for these amazing performers that do eight shows a week. I don't know how. It, to me, it's like mind-boggling that they can do this. And uh, I, I've gained so much more respect than I already had, you know, singing and dancing and acting live. And in our show, you know, Christy has quite something. She's only not in two scenes. She's the lead singer of the band, so she sings most of the songs, and she gets to fight twice. <laughs> once with my mother and once with Emilio. <laughs> so I have so much love and respect for her. She's an amazing human being. And of course, they picked the two hardest songs for her to sing in the entire show. But let me introduce to you the lovely, the, the lovely, fab, brilliant, Christy Prades. Let's talk a little bit more um, about the show, Glory, if I may. How, what, how did it kind of start? Tell us a little bit more about how, where, how it all came together. Well, it, it's interesting because I never in my mind or Emilio's would we have thought, oh, let's do a Broadway play about our lives or a musical. But uh, almost 15 years ago, someone that was opening a new, redoing a theater in Vegas came. They wanted to do something spectacular and massive. They called Kenny Ortega, who has... Uh, directed a lot of our tours. He's a major director in film now as well. And he was involved. So he kind of talked us into going down that road. And we said, well, let's, let's see what story we would tell. Long story short, things kept getting in the way. I didn't feel right about it. And we pulled the plug on that. And then uh, a couple years after that, um, one of our producers, Bernie Human, who was uh, Muhammad Ali's manager in Siegfried and Roy, he's like, Mr. Vegas, he said, would you mind if we took it to the Nederlanders in New York? And we said, we know them. They had approached Emilio 25 years before, trying to do a, you know, a Latin-based musical. Emilio thought it was too early. It, um, he said, one day we'll work together. And they jumped on it, and then the opposite happened. It just happened so quickly and so well. And we, the first writer that I spoke to was Alex Dinalares. Thank the Lord that we spoke to him and hired him before he won the Oscar for Birdman. <laughs> but I don't think we could have afforded him. Um, when I sat with him, he said, you know, the way I see it is in your life, you've constantly had to get back on your feet. And then literally after your accident that I had to relearn how to walk. And he says that struggle, you know, that thing leaving Cuba, people telling you, no, this music will never work. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the human story. So I didn't look for anybody else. We clicked. So he was our first choice. Then the first director that I met was Jerry Mitchell of Kinky Boots. He's one in Olivier here. I know Jerry is very well known here. And what I thought he brought to the table was 
the energy and you know the excitement, the choreography, the you know he keeps the show moving. I thought this is a dream team, and if either one of them want to do it, I don't need to look for anyone else. And they loved it, so that everything just came together. Sergio Trujillo, who's also won Olivier's for Memphis, and um, he did Jersey Boys choreography, amazing choreographer, and he did a lot of research into. You know, so that you would see authentic, authentic dance, um, and he's he's a phenomenal choreographer. So our we had a dream team uh, together, and it really just came together so easily. Then the opposite happened, and we were on Broadway in the shortest amount of time ever in history for a, a musical to get up less than three years. So uh, it was really special. And, uh, and and tell us how you go about choosing the songs. Do the obviously is it just a case of you just chucking in all the greatest hits, or do the songs tell the story? How, how oh, does that no, no, work? No. You know, it's funny because everyone that sees the show says. It seems like, you know, they were written for the play. And they go, but of course it's your life and you've written the songs. I go, yeah, but I didn't write them for a scene in a musical. So it's very surprising how Alex chose the songs. I told him, you do your thing. He heard every song we've ever done. There's some surprising, of course you're gonna hear the hits because they're in there, they're part of our life. But you're gonna hear songs that are that you won't recognize and seem like they were new for the show. One of them is called When Someone Comes Into Your Life. That was one of the first songs I wrote with Miami Sound Machine back in the day. And they put it in the voice of my father. And in the table read, the first time that we were doing it, you know, Milo and I were sitting there. And when I heard Eliseo, who was the one that did beautiful voice, I heard my, my father singing this song, who unbeknownst to Alex, he had actually inspired that song when I wrote it. And I couldn't believe that he chose it because I didn't give him any direction as to what to pick. And you're gonna find some things that you recognize a lot and other songs that I've written new lyrics for that were um, songs like Famous and Mi Tierra that I wrote English uh, ad-libs and so that we never lose the audience in the story even when some of the Spanish is happening. So he chose it all, except one song that he was, he didn't know what to do with. And I was the one that suggested it, don't want to lose you, to put it in the voice of Emilio uh, after the accident. So it, it worked amazingly well. And it, it really, when, when you see the show, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. It just, it, it's not your typical, what they call jukebox musical. No, the songs really are a part of the story and, and it moves along beautifully. And Christy, what's it like for you playing this woman on stage? Oh, man. <laughs> and, and that's a good man. Um, no, it's, it's an absolute incredible feeling every single night. I feel like, you know, I was talking to some actors and they, they asked me, you know, how have you done this show for so long and you haven't gotten tired of it and you haven't gotten tired of playing her. And I was like, because... She is like such an example of, of such a grounded individual who has gone through struggles like us, who has been the pioneer to break out from the English to the Spanish market when that was, I mean from the Spanish to the English market when that was just so taboo and, and it's just created so much music and opportunity for artists today. And just representing her as, as, a, as a woman, as a mother, as a, as a daughter, um, for us to be able to see the inside look of her life on a human level uh, I find that very special and I, very, I find it very connected to my life because I'm from Miami and my parents, you know, 
escaped the revolution as well from Cuba, and, and I get to kind of tell my story through her. And I feel like that's something that's very special, especially in, in the world of actors. Um, we're always being told to portray something that we're not and to be someone that we're not. So the fact that I get to play this woman and kind of play myself a little bit in there, you know, it's kind of just being while also thinking, you know, back to what she felt. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a, I'm, I always say I'm very spoiled because I don't want to let it go. I mean, it's just something that, that's so special and so unique and it never happens. And the fact that I get to hang with Gloria every time <laughs> is also like a, a plus. She's just like such a cool, cool woman and, you know, so sweet and so giving and she gives back to the community. She doesn't forget where she's from and I find that so important for my life. So I just love to, I know, this is the first time I'm talking about it. I'm blushing. Yeah, it's, it's just a blessing. I, I never Where take been? it for granted. What about the weird connections to numbers oh, yeah. connections with everybody that kept coming up both with Alex Dinalaris, his birthday is the day of my accident. Our mother's birthdays are the same day. Same exact day. Exactly. My mom and her mom are teachers or were teachers. Um, I think, well, my grandmother's maiden last name is Garcia. Her grandmother's last name is Garcia. Um, you know, her daughter is, you know, a performer as well. Emily, she's incredible. And then, you know, my mom has a daughter who performs as well. And when she used to work uh, in the school system before this even happened, I was a little girl, and this teacher would always tell, call my mom Gloria Fajardo, which is her mother, because she was always like support, like pushing me to like, you know, go and, and perform and everything. And they're like, we feel like, I hear Gloria's mom is very much like that now. And she like supports her daughter and everything. So she always was called Gloria Fajardo. So it's kind of weird how this like. Yeah. She got the point in meshed. my mother's life when she was supporting me. Right, 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 right. Yeah, my mom was not happy that I joined a band. <laughs> and uh, Gloria, there seems to be a real appetite, certainly uh, at the moment, for, uh, for, for for this kind of music. Uh, uh, Camille Cabello's Havana was a big yes. hit over here uh, last year, and uh, and this this is going to be ringing out at summer. It's going to be quite a party, right? We want to bring the Latin fire here, <laughs> and you know we've got a mix because, as you've heard through the years, it's not just Latin music that we've done. Of course, we've always mixed it. We've fused it even back with doc in the Dr. Beat days and, and conga and the things that you've heard. Of course, there's the ballads as well. So we've got a plethora of things. But what I, what I love about this is, and the, reason, the real reason that we wanted to do this musical is to do with it what we've done with our music, which is connect, connect people. I've been able to travel the world and perform for so many different countries and, and cultures and, and, it's, and to express a human message because it's, it's a woman, very strong woman story because you have little Gloria, the Gloria that is Christy, my mother's role, my grandmother's role, which is so crucial. So it is very much about the matriarchal, you know, uh, family protecting and, and having to, to come through. Uh, so my dad was ill, my grandfather was ill. So the women in my family, they always showed me that there was nothing that we couldn't do. And it's, uh, there's many different messages. It's a love story, obviously the love story of my husband and myself, and he sends his regards. He couldn't be here on this trip because he's so busy in, in Miami, but uh, there's our love story, there's the love story to music and the love story to our country. The dancing is, I think, like nothing you have seen here yet. Um, really is spectacular. It's like Olympic dancing as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how they do it. They do some moves up there that are death-defying, I think in my estimation. So 
And it's a feel-good thing. We, you know, you're going to go through some uh, emotions. Uh, and my favorite thing to do is make people cry. <laughs> so I would sit in the back of the theater in Broadway so as not to disrupt the show. And I would love looking around and seeing big, beefy men with the tears streaming down their cheeks because it's also a father-daughter story. So there's just so many connections to humans and the things that we live. And uh, it, I, th I think people are, I hope, let's hope, that's why I'm in green, the color of hope, <laughs> that you guys enjoy it. Uh, you mentioned uh, Conger. It's in the show. Um, it was your. F I think it was your first hit over here, wasn't it? Back in 1985. Is that right? Uh, well, and, and, I, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. We it was a bit of a fiasco with Conga here in England, because you know we had had Dr. Beat and it had been a hit all over. And I actually we wrote Conga in Utrecht, this small city in Holland, that funny enough had the show for a year in Utrecht. It was like full circle for me. It was crazy. But we didn't have a lot of material. We had Dr. Beat and one other song in English. And we were playing in this little club and they're going, we want more, we want more. Emilio takes his accordion out and he goes, let's do our Cuban congas that we do at the end of all the gigs. I mean, we started playing weddings, bar mitzvahs, quinces in Miami. It was for fun, never thinking it would turn into what it did. And I go, but they don't speak Spanish. He goes, so what? They don't speak English either, they speak Dutch. I go, true. So we did them and they went crazy. And I was standing in the, in the alley behind the bar at three in the morning and I say to my, to my drummer, you know, we really need to write a song that talks about what this rhythm is because people love it everywhere we play it. We wrote it on the tray table of the plane from Holland to England, once again. So here I'm thinking, it, it was massive, Dr. Beat here. So I go, this is gonna be huge. Conga's gonna be amazing. We recorded it, it went great. We release it here at the same time that a group called Black Lace <laughs> has released a song called Do the Conga. I'm going, no, no, how could this be? This is impossible. So everybody all of a sudden thinks that we're an act or something put together. And then it took three times releasing anything for you, changing my album cover, and then when the BBC played our homecoming concert, everybody here realized that we were a real band and real artists, and then it just exploded. But yeah, Black Lace did a number. <laughs> on you, on. you haven't seen them for nearly 30 years. Very funny. Oh, Lordy. Uh, My blood <laughs> ran cold there a minute. <laughs> Uh, I think it's time that we took some questions, uh, maybe from the floor. Has anyone uh, got any questions they would like uh, for, uh, for Gloria? They know it all. There we go. Yes, sir. Um, Gloria, what's your favorite thing to do in London? Do you like British food? I just discovered bread pudding. Not bread pudding. Bread sauce. <laughs> Where were they hiding this sauce from me? No, I do. I love, I love British food. We've been to uh, the Dean, Dean Street Town Dean Street Townhouse, yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, I love steak and kidney pie. Uh, I love uh, uh, a lot of other things I haven't been able to eat because I've been on a diet. So the pastries have been off limits. But yeah, I dug into that bread sauce and I even looked it up to see how to make it. And I'm making it in Thanksgiving for my family. I asked the guy, I go, excuse me, how do they make this sauce? He goes, what's in it? He goes, bread. <laughs> I think there's something more than bread in this sauce. So I already know how to make it. 
So you, you, you stick cloves in the onion, you boil the milk with it, then you take that out, and then you, I, I know how to make it. I'm gonna do it. Uh, do you have happy memories of London? Is this a, a, a place that you're fond of when you come Very to? much, very much. We always, I mean, when I was touring here uh, a lot in the 80s and, and the 90s, uh, my son, I would always make him do cultural things before he could do all the fun stuff. So we went out to Stratford on Avon and acquired a lot of information for what I call myself the encyclopedia of useless information, but it was fascinating. Uh, so now my family's coming back and with our grandson now, who's the age my son was when we first started coming over here. And I want to take him to Stonehenge and Bath that I love. He won't want to go to Stonehenge. He will. Oh, he will. This kid will. He's just like his dad and he loves to learn things. And I went to the British Museum yesterday. I saw the nude Renaissance uh, exhibit at the Royal Academy of the Arts. I, I love London. I think it's just an amazing, amazing place. My son lived here a year and a half, uh, working, <laughs> finding new talent for Sony. Back in, uh, well, he was about uh, 21 years old, so it was about 10, no, how old is he? Oh my God, my son's so old. <laughs> I'm not, he is. <laughs> 17 years ago. I know that family's very important to you. Your daughter's written a song in the show, right? Is that... She has. You know that the one thing that was very frustrating for me was that we were writing about our lives, and after the accident, they told me I'd never have another baby, and yet, hello, miraculously, we were able to have Emily, She's the best musician of all of us in the family. But the show ends in 1991 when I get back on stage at the American Music Awards and she was not in the picture. So I was trying to talk them into, how can we get Emily in the show? What about if there is an epilogue at the end? Or, you know, there's a slideshow showing that everything that happened after, or maybe a little girl comes and they're going, no, it ends this day. This is a musical, it's not happening. So I go, hmm. She's gonna be in this show one way or another. And we always wanted to write an original song for the play, which jukebox musicals <coughs> never have. And then the most dramatic scene, Alex calls me. I was elbow deep in all the letters that my fans sent me after the accident because we use actual letters. And when you see the show, you'll see there's this one point where there's this amazing display of the letters people sent me, which I have saved every one. And he reads me the scene that he wanted to do. And all I could think of in my head was a, a song that Emily had played me three years before as a freshman when she had to write a, you know, a piece of music for her contemporary music ensemble. And the hook that came to my mind just got married to her, her lyric that, or I mean her music that I had only heard twice, three years before. And I, I texted her at school and I go, when you come home today, we're writing this song. And she came home and her and I have written, she wrote the music and I wrote the lyrics to the only original song in the play. So she is in there in the best possible way. She created new material for a show that, um, you know, she wasn't there. And when she first would see the show, she would get so emotional because she goes, mom, it's like looking at my family history before I was ever here. And it's not things that we talk about a lot. Uh, so. It's really been a fascinating experience. So the whole family's coming up for opening night, and I'm, I'm very, including my sister Becky, who is also portrayed in the play, uh, in the musical. So we're we're very excited. Uh, any other questions for Christy or Lord? Yes. Um, I just want to ask the um, the accident must be something that still feels so kind of raw and personal to you. So how does it feel to have it kind of reenacted mm. on stage and have to watch it and relive it? 
you know, that was a challenge as well because it, it's a very difficult experience and to do it theatrically is a daunting task for any director. They have found the way to do it that is so beautiful. Mm. It's still shocking and it's still, you know, like some people remember, as you were telling me, some people remember that it happened, some people didn't remember and they were reminded. But uh, yeah, there were several moments in the play, always a different one that throws us back. And <coughs> funny enough though, what I remember more about the accident is the aftermath and the outpouring of love that came towards me from all over the world. And that feeling far overrides any of the not fun part, which I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I wouldn't change it. It, it really, it's, I think it, it was also the reason that we're doing this, you know, show that I got back on stage to show people that yes, terrible things happen, but it really depends on how you deal with it and what you do with what you're given in life and your, you know, uh, circumstances that they can turn out great if you really, you know, focus and the connectivity that I felt with the world was amazing. So I remember that more. Uh, anyone else? Questions? Yes. I wanted to ask about, um, there's a line in the Broadway recording when Emilio is talking to a label exec executive and you kind of mentioned about the taboo with the crossover for English and Spanish music and he says, uh, look at my face, this is what it means to be an American. What do you think about that message in today's society? I think it's important. I think that <clears throat> one of the most important things for us as Cuban Americans, we have a culture that it will never be the same in Cuba. And like every place changes in 50 years. But in Cuba, there was almost like this halt in 1959 when the revolution happened where voices were silenced, artists were silenced. Um, they wouldn't allow music to grow and expand. So for Emilio and I, for our family and for our culture, it was incredibly important to maintain that culture. That's why I did the Mi Tierra album that was very, very roots oriented. So that people would know where that part of our music came from. And we did it almost like the 40s in Cuba, music would have been made. So it is very important for us to keep our culture alive. And we only feel that you're stronger. You know, in the United States, it's this tapestry of so many different cultures and religions, and unless you're a Native American Indian, you're from somewhere else. Whether it's five generations back, six, seven, we're all immigrants at some point. And in the world, we've all been immigrants at some point. So for us, it was incredibly important when he says, this is what an American looks like, because many times, you know, and we were Americans, hello. I mean, I wasn't born there, but I've been there since I'm two. And uh, it was crucial for us to have that. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Gloria Estefan. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs>